Awesome. I just accidentally deleted the entire podcast that I recorded. That's so fun. So fun. I am so great at computers. Just so good. Oh, my God. It's like you just you just dropped me from 1984. I worked the shit out of a Walkman. Well, I guess I get to repeat all of the shit I just said. <laughs> Um, I had been talking about Teddy Roosevelt because um, something that we will be trying on the podcast a little bit, uh, depending on how well they do, is episodes based on where the topic of discussion is a a historical person. Um, trying to get my sister to do those because she's a history nut and she's always smarter than I am. Um, I was talking about Teddy Roosevelt and the fact that he was just a all out awesome dude and there's a video that i saw with his great grandson or great great grandson where he talked about the fact that the statue outside the new york public library that teddy roosevelt was in was racist and which is just so stupid teddy roosevelt was not a racist even by today's standards he wasn't a racist a little bit wrong maybe but not a racist The reason that Teddy Roosevelt is on a horse in the statue in question, which I don't, I never followed up. I was so pissed off. I didn't never followed up to see if they took it down, but you can probably find a picture. The statue in question, there's a black guy and an Indian or a native American on either side of Teddy Roosevelt on a horse. You know how you solve that? Put a plaque out there that says the reason that Teddy Roosevelt was on a horse is is because when the United States government said you're not allowed to be you're not allowed to take your horses to Cuba, Teddy Roosevelt said, "Kiss my ass, I'm Teddy Roosevelt." He actually didn't curse, but he was amazing in the fact that he could put so much disdain and vitriol behind a politely worded insult that people said that it, it made you feel like he had just told you off completely. So just put a plaque up say he was a badass a politician and he knew how to work the system and also he was Teddy Roosevelt and no one was going to tell him no. It never really ended well for people who told him no. Um, put a black up. That's all I'm saying. He was not a racist. Okay? The first thing that he did at his first Republican National Convention that was held in Chicago, the first thing he did was get a black man elected chairman of the committee of the convention. Okay, what racist in the 1800s is going to say put the n-word in charge? Teddy Roosevelt didn't even call him the n-word. He was just like, "Hey, what are your positions?" Uh-huh. Oh, cool. Yeah, we're going to make him in charge. I'm Teddy Roosevelt. Eat me. And because he was so charismatic and just an overwhelming presence, more people than not said, yeah, cool, let's do that. He was also, his attitude, according to the book The Rise of Theodore Roosevelt by Edmund Morris, I believe, his his opinion, which while I don't necessarily agree with the fact that he said that you needed to modernize uh, the 
Indians and the Aborigines and anyone who lived in quote-unquote barbarism. I don't agree with that. I think that, you know, people's cultures are what they are. And they should be, I mean, just treat them like anybody else's. Do you go to somebody else's house and and just invite yourself in and say, hey, I'm going to take all of your stuff? No, because in the U.S. you get shot. In England, I think in England you probably just get told not to do that again, and then you go across the street and do it again. I don't know how their justice system works. It just seems really stupid to me. Um, and not just because they don't get shot, but that's that's a whole other thing is the problems I find with England's justice system. Is Tolum Sassen? Ach, Ha Tolum. Their justice system. <laughs> Bit of garlic for you. But his, after, other than the barbarism thing aside, he said that once that they were educated and brought to the standards that white men had. He said, there's no reason that a Native uh, American, no reason a Hawaiian, no reason a black guy shouldn't be allowed to hold the same positions that a white guy did. Assuming that he agreed with his positions, Teddy Roosevelt would probably have voted for Obama over Bush. Or, uh... Who ran against Obama the first time? John McCain? Oh, yeah, John McCain. Depending on their policies, because Teddy Roosevelt... He had very interesting views. The man viewed... Well, first of all, he was the epitome of a good boss. <clears throat> in his When he first went into... Became part of the police commission, um, you could pay money to become a cop. Like 300 bucks would, get, would secure you a, a, a beat. And... That was a lot of money in the 1800s, but you would definitely get it back when you extorted all of the local people and beat the hell out of someone and robbed them, which is pretty much what the NYPD was for. And Teddy Roosevelt would routinely spend all day working and then spend most of, if not all of the night, walking around in disguise all around the city for miles and miles around the city. And he'd keep a little notebook with him, and he'd make notes. This policeman was off his beat. Um, this guy was doing something wrong. There was one time, and he had earned a reputation as a good politician, but also as a guy who was willing to throw hands. Um, in the Dakota Territory, Teddy was on a uh, on a hunting trip, and this local gunslinger, he g- got word around town that, well, if I see Theodore Roosevelt again. I'm gonna kill him. And when Teddy got back, he was like, "Okay, guys, I gotta go to New York for a little bit. Um, be here when I get, you know, try to get this, this, and done." And they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." You, the guys were, "You, you should definitely go to New York for a while because bl- I don't remember the dude's name, but he's he says he's gonna kill you." And Teddy was like, "Huh? Okay, cool." He rode like a town out of his way. He the train station was in a completely different town. He rode right to this dude's front door, knocked on the on his front door and went So you're gonna kill me? You wanna do it here? Or you wanna you wanna step a little farther away from the door and you wanna you wanna kill me? Well let's throw down. 
And the guy went, uh, I don't know where you heard that. I definitely, definitely wasn't me. And Teddy was like, yep, that's what I thought. He also, when introducing civil service reform, which the standardized tests that I don't know if you still have to take them to become a civil, a civil servant, um, to say that you were qualified, he helped instigate, uh, he helped, um, bring those about a loss for words here um i keep trying to think of a word and it escapes me because i swear to god i have alzheimer's or i'm soon to i need to die young but before that if you worked uh anything any sort of job for local state or whatever government say you were a democrat and the whig party came to power in the next election well you just got fired they would sell positions or give them to guys who had they had done favors for them and the new postmaster at that in your town was going to be whoever you know did some dirty backhanded deal with the current mayor or whatever and teddy put a stop to that a great example would be in New York, there was a judge who was owned by a company, and he declared this company, on uh, this second company, he declared them unfit or illegal or whatever. So overnight, their stock plummeted. The company who had bought the judge, that guy, he went and um, and bought up a controlling share of the second company and then um he went to see the judge and the judge was like oh that's so cool hey give me a hundred bucks or whatever the amount of money was and he was like here you go oh what a coincidence i was reevaluating that company and it is now perfectly legal and teddy helped put a stop to most of that it still happens but not nearly to the degree it did in his in his time and um i've already forgotten where i originally started up but when he introduced the bill um to institute some civil service reforms he knew it was not going to get a lot of love so he tore a chair leg off of a chair and he hit it like next to his thigh on the podium so that uh if anybody charged him he could beat them a when he a legislator threatened to kill him out front uh, out front of the capitol in albany and teddy beat the ever-loving hell out of the man and like beat him physically to the ground so people had learned not to to mess with old teddy So, I, I have genuinely forgot where I was. I'm going to go back and check. I can't go back and check. Um, I'm trying to remember. Um, oh, the police thing. So, one night, he walks into a bar and he sees this cop drinking and eating oysters and he says uh officer shouldn't you be on your on your beat right now and he says why don't you you know you know why don't you fuck off he says excuse me 
the bartender sees who it is and goes, oh, uh, Joe, you might want to listen to him. Why would I listen to this guy? Yeah, screw off, tiny man. And Teddy kind of walked out of the into the light, and he went, I'm Theodore Roosevelt. And the bartender's like, that guy's nuts. And dude jumps up and is like, I am so sorry, sir. Yeah, don't let it happen again, or bad things will happen. Um, So he would routinely check up, and he had, would have a list. And he he was very okay with second chances, not third chances. So he would... Uh, he came to these guys and this people on his list and said, if this stuff happens again, and I will find out about it. I will know about it. You're all fired. And he raised the standards of the NYPD. And he was a politician who frequently had, he invited reporters to hang out in his office. There was a reporter who's, I'm terrible with names, but he said, you know, a cop beat my dog's brains out in front of my apartment just for fun. And Teddy said, we're going to change the police force. And while Teddy was in power, it was a good organization. You had to qualify from a test. He got rid of the fatties, the lazy crap holes, the drunkards, most of the drunkards anyway. And he said, we need young, smart, fit men to do these jobs. I can't say that the same standards still apply to the NYPD from what I've seen. His opinion on women, holy crap, for his time and even now, absolutely wonderful. Well, now for a lot of people, like compared to a lot of people. He said that his contention was, okay, you do a man's duty. She does a woman's duty. You provide the the funds. You keep a roof over her head, and you're you're great. She raises your children. She cooks your meals. She manages your home. Why is it? Why why on earth should we consider it all your money? Everything you have is just as much hers as it is yours. And he, uh, and there was a story. He didn't understand why um, men were seen as unable to take care of babies. There's a story. He was on a train, and this new baby was just bawling its eyes out. This everybody, You've seen it. If you have ever been in public on Earth for more than four minutes, you have seen um, a new baby or a little kid just giving its mom absolute hell. And he walked over on this train and said you need to get some sleep and the woman said thank you and he took the baby in his arms his big cuddly little man teddy bear and he walked up and down the train all night until this baby was asleep and even and kept doing it so that the mom could rest and he would hang out with his kids all the time and somebody they would send reporters to follow or, or spies to follow teddy around all night and they're like and somebody told him one day and he said teddy people are following you home and he said where or people are following you around at night and he said where home to my babies okay there's a story where um he and henry cabot lodge 
were riding in the in Central Park. I think it was Central Park one day. And this clearly a setup. They didn't. I don't think they realized it, but it was it was very much a setup. And in my opinion, anyway. It, but this 16-year-old girl was like, "I'm lost. Could I ride with you, gentlemen, for a while?" And they were like, "Yeah, sure, fine." They rode, you know, a ways back towards town. And uh, once it start to go, when it started to get dark, Teddy turned to the girl and said, "You need to leave." Why? Because it was impro. It would have been improper for us to. Um, it would have been improper for us to leave a young girl, a, a young woman, uh, alone in the forest to be set upon by vagabonds. But it would be equally improper for you to be seen with two old men after dark. Make your way home. And she did. Um. Not a lot of dads in the 1800s would be single-handedly responsible for taking their kids on an outing. Teddy did it all the time. He would, um, there's a commercial for the movie Easter Sunday. I cannot wait to see that movie. Say August 5th. Cannot wait to see that movie. Teddy would, um, maybe get my bits and pieces of each story mixed up, but he took his kids and some of their friends out or for a stroll one day and they were like, daddy, can, daddy, can we go swimming? And he said, sure. Oh, oh, we don't have bathing suits. I don't know why I gave them British accents. They're from New York. And he said, let's go swimming anyway. And he said that the two women, his wife and the other, the mom that were at the house up come trot in this line of soap, sopping wet children According to Edith, Teddy was one of the children also. <laughs> and up come the sun, they were given like warm tea and, or warm water with honey and sent to bed. And he said later, he's like, and I swear the look on their eyes, they looked like they wanted to send me to bed. Oh, we're coming up on the 20 minutes that I need to use up for this episode. Um, so, but... I could talk for t- about Teddy Roosevelt for hours, and I'm sure I will do more episodes about Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, what do I need to... What, do I, what did I want to talk about here? He was just... He was a good guy. I mean, he did have standards of manliness and standards of moral moral up t- uprightedness that he thought that everyone should adhere to. And I didn't... I don't agree with everything he stood for politically, But I definitely think that if our next president was more like Teddy Roosevelt, things would be better. Um, because he wasn't—he wasn't afraid to give people a second chance, but he also wasn't afraid to stand after them after they messed up the second chance. There's a story about him in Harvard that uh, they, he was boxing, and crowd uh, a huge crowd of people like up and into the balconies uh a balcony had come to watch him and they're boxing and like yeah go turn it or go other guy and the bell rings and this guy doesn't hear it pops him in the face busted nose blood is spewing everywhere and people are screaming for this other guy to just be have the crap beaten out of him because he hit after the bell and teddy Still bleeding, and uh, you know he held up a hand and hollered for everybody. To, hey, hey, hey! Enough! Everybody are quiet. He's like, he just didn't hear the bell. 
calm down. And I just, there's an, uh, lots of people know the story that he was boxing in the White House. A guy hit him and he went blind in his left eye. That guy did not, Teddy did not want that man to feel bad about the fact that he had blinded the president. That guy didn't find out he had blinded the president until he died, until Teddy was dead. I'm going to wrap this up, but uh, seriously, read more about him. If you go at it from not judging him by modern standards, he was a great president and a pretty awesome dude. He was an amazing man. All right, thanks for chatting with me.